Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream at communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their place. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for, to, for you too. Today I'm extremely pleased to be again with Cheryl Nickerson and Krista Wieler. Thanks for being back, ladies. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Now, Cheryl, uh, you're the site supervisor for the Continuing Care Assistance Program, the CCA program, which has nothing to do with taxes. And Krista is the CEO of Dykeland Lodge, which many people will know is a long-term care facility in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Now I'm excited to have you back and uh, in the first uh, show of this series we talked a little bit about the generalities of the program but I would like to know a little bit more about the challenges that people face when some, somebody says oh I want to help older people I looked after my mother and now I want to make it a profession because I'm a compassionate loving person and I want to help other people and, and it will pay the bills too which is nice of course so what are the challenges they face once they go to that okay well um, the organization that I represent is CBBC Career College so what we do is they first come in and they speak to the admission team and mm -hmm. the admission team is going to give them a very extensive interviewing process first because what we want to do is actually we want to dig a little deep into the reason that they want to become a continuing care assistant. And once we get them talking, then, you know, we will ask them, do you have any challenges yourself that you may not want, you know, that, that may oppose a challenge to you mm -hmm. to take this? Because we got to look at this. It's shift work, mm -hmm. right? It's not a nine to five job. No. Um, we got to look at, uh, you know, a clear criminal record, record uh, of you know, do the vulnerability checks. Those two things basically need to be done mm -hmm. because, uh, Krista, you can certainly, you know, agree with this, that we do need this before we can have a CCA pro person come into the program. What about the physical challenges? Yeah, now that's another thing. Um, physically, there's a lot of physical work because we are moving lifting transferring back and forth and but we do have a great program that provides support which is the body mechan mechanics we have pace that we use that's supported by awareness we have that program but there is a lot of physical challenges to that so you need to look at yourself and say can i lift mm -hmm. can i push can i pull do i already have a really bad back maybe it's not the right profession Exactly, and that's something that you really need to 
take a look at yourself mm-hmm. medically, you know, speak to your doctor to see if that's something. Because mm-hmm. when you go into the, this profession and one wrong move, will put your back out for sure. But what we try to do in the program to avoid all that is we provide extensive training with mm-hmm. the physiotherapists Good. that we have that comes in and teaches. Uh, we have instructors that teach the body mechanics. We have the physiotherapists that come in and teach the body mechanics. We put them through a whole process of training and testing prior to them even going on the floors. So they actually learn how to lift so they don't hurt themselves, don't hurt their back, and to use all those assistive devices that are available because I know for the bathtub there's lifts and for sometimes in the in the in the wheelchair you have a slider where you can just slide the person yeah. over instead and of transfer lifting. belts. Yes. You know, we actually teach them how to use those properly. Excellent. And you know how to get it, take someone in and out of a wheelchair and mm-hmm. use walkers and properly which side to be on on the walker with the residents or the clients. So there's so many things that we do that you know we let them know those things so that they are better mentally mm-hmm. and physically prepared before they go into the That's program. important. Yeah. Or when a resident falls. Yes. That they don't try by themselves to lift them right up. That is yep. a big no-no. Two-person transfers. Yeah, sorry. Two-person two transfers, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It is, and Cheryl's very right in, in, in everything that she's saying. And those are things that um, at the b- very beginning and through the course are offered. But we do um, do refreshers annually. And awareness has been a great, um, a great support to us. We have the PACE program on board. And we have an e-surge learning program program and other um, in-class programs that we do annually to help with the Bonnie Volcanics piece. Um, We don't want to have all these fabulous people, have them come in and then not refresh their memory. We are a helping society, so our brain functions and works in a fashion that we want to always help. Even if you can't find your coworker to help you with a transfer and you know you're supposed to do two, you might reach out. We go through that training to, you know, mm-hmm. explain to them, I understand your need and your desire, but you, but you can't do it in that way because you can injure yourself and then you're gone for a long time from yeah. family too, from your own family. Right, and that's that's very important because nobody really wants to get injured on the job. Now, what other challenges are there? How is it financially? So... What again? What happens is when they are greeted by our emissions team, uh, they're also greeted with a financial consultant that we have on site, and they're easily available. So what they do is they start a process. We actually have to find out from them how are you going to pay for this program, sure. right? And you know, have you got anything in place? And sometimes there's student loans. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are supported by funding from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things, sometimes people come in and their families actually help support them, which is mm-hmm. really nice because that gives them an opportunity to shine, you know, with their parents. And their parents are so proud of them. But regardless, you know, the way we look at it at CBBC is we're, they're going to shine regardless of how they're funded. But there is challenges, of course, and it's steps that have to be done in certain time limits for them to be funded. And it's very important that they stick to those time limits, but 
what we do is we support them on those time limits. So they're never without support. Now, that's very important. Yeah. Did you ever have to, somebody that had to drop out because it just couldn't find the financing? Yeah, actually, sometimes that happens, but not to worry because we they can pick up at another time. Oh, that's always right. Good. So we are not going to turn them away, um, saying that you don't have the finances. We will just have to let them be picked up at another time. Mm. So we do do that. Now, are there any age limits? Do you have to be at least... 15, 18, probably 18. 18 is usually... Um, is there an upper limit, like after 65, you're a resident? I, I will tell you something, um, Christine. I have worked with um, continuing care assistants who... I, I know one right now. She's 76 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And she is prior than most of the others. <laughs> And it's we have him at 18 years old <laughs> yes. into the course. So, I mean, I, I guess, Krista, I guess we both agree there's no age limit. There's, to... there's no age limit, and everybody, you know, people tr do try to put a number on that. But yeah. you can look at somebody who is 50 years old, and you can look at another person who's 50 years old, and they can be um, immensely different. About apart, yeah. Um, so really, it is about, it's about mm -hmm. that piece and what your physical limitations mm -hmm. are and and knowing how to knowing how to take care of yourself. Um And that's very important, and I think the program also gives them emotional support, and it's wonderful that in your facility they're integrated in the nursing home care, so they actually experience the residents, they actually meet them, they sometimes get to really like them, mm -hmm. and it, it can be hard when uh, a well-loved person, mm -hmm. even though it's work, but a well-loved person when they die. Yeah. Continuous so, learning is always so evolving, mm. regardless of your age limit. Yeah, it is. Um, you know that is one of the the tougher things, and has definitely become a challenge in the last number of years. Is looking at the the continuing care assistants who are working in long term care in a province where one of the other goals is um, home first, so mm -hmm. stay home longer. So that means that um, you're still experiencing death, but you're experiencing it. A higher rate so mm -hmm. that's that's one of the concerns and how we actually support you know the the, the continuing care assistance the families the residents even you know uh, you know a resident who's in the room with somebody who's passed yeah. away how we support them to get through that piece yeah so yeah do the continuing care assistants sometimes have time to sit with somebody that is dead dying I mean or not so much So because I, I know there's restraints, a lot of restraints. So I know that there are a lot of things going on in the sector right now. The, mm -hmm. There was a panel report that came out last year. It was a mm -hmm. long-term care panel report, uh, panel report um, from experts in the mm -hmm. in the field, and one of the recommendations was to bring on board um, resident care assistants, mm -hmm. and I won't say a layer of healthcare, but someone that would support those CCAs, mm -hmm. so that the CCAs may have time, or someone might have time to hold hands. And that sometimes is important when a resident doesn't have any relatives, And is by totally by themselves, and, and that can be a big support, and that's a wonderful initiative. Mm -hmm. Now, to the statistics, how long, on average, is a resident nowadays in a long-term home after they come from home care? Well, I used to say that it was two years, but I would say now it's 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 veering close to a year in our wow. facility. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the average. 
it's it's uh, close to a year before they pass, maybe a year and a half. It's I think in the province it's a little more mm -hmm. than that. Yeah. But I think we prepare the students to to know that they're going to be in a long-term care facility mm -hmm. or it could be home care wherever they decide to work. But you know getting attached to them they find that they get attached really easily mm. to the residents but there is a time when there's an end date they have to let go and they have to build their boundaries yes. so they don't get hurt every time again and that's a challenge it is i think that's a challenge because they put their heart and soul they're caring they're compassionate they're kind they want to help and sometimes they feel helpless and mm -hmm. those are some of the things that we talk about in the program and try to prepare them but you know it's not easy you no, can't no, prepare it, people it for always death. involves a personal Regardless. growth yes. which also is an opportunity of yeah. that profession because you do get so many opportunities for personal growth that you won't get when you are on the uh, 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 conveyor belt putting together mm -hmm. car parts. Very different. Yeah, and this yeah. is where the program actually excels. Mm -hmm. is it gives them an opportunity to prepare. And then when we're partnering, it's like we had talked about earlier, they're actually in the day in the life. Mm. It's surrounded mm -hmm. by them. They are actually surrounded by amazing people that are doing a great job and they feel comfortable so they when they do need to reach out they do have people to reach out to now that's wonderful and yeah. that's a good place to end the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOE FM community radio please tune in after the commercial break for more about continuing care assistance Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Cheryl Nickerson and Krista Bieler about long-term care. And in the first half, we talked about the challenges and one of the challenges was the support and the mental support. And you wanted to say something to that, Krista, which was very valuable. Go for it. Um, yes, just in, in regards to the, um, that, that you know, emotional support and that mental support, that there have been a number of new initiatives that have come on board. One from, um, it's called the Healthy Minds, and it mm -hmm. was put on by uh, the province of Nova Scotia or supported by the province of Nova Scotia. Debbie Stewart, fabulous facilitator, she offered that, and we were part of a pilot project that went forward, and this was something that was really valuable and very supportive and really helped, I think, to put a, a thermometer uh, in front of um, our employees and let them know um, what are the risk factors that you need to look for before you get to that place mm -hmm. where you might suffer from a caregiver burnout situation, whereas you've just had so many decisions to make and so much um, continuous work on you that you, you can't function properly anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was a really, really good uh, program. The rest of our staff will go through it in the next few months. And um, I did just want to mention that, you know, that That's we do amazing. have those, yeah, we do have those supports there. And that is very important, but there, there are significant stresses to that job. What do you think is the most significant 
significant one that you see? Well, I think the most significant one is that we now have a provincial goal and a provincial strategy, which is to keep folks at home Mm -hmm. much longer, which means when they arrive at our facility, they may be suffering from numerous comorbidities or illnesses that make it very challenging to provide care. And that may also mean that they may pass away shortly after arriving. Mm -hmm. We could have someone who comes on board and may pass away within six months. Yeah. Within that time, um, you know, it's for lack of a better word, it's almost like Groundhog Day where you are, you're, you're being compassionate, you're loving, you're forming a bond with a resident, the resident passes away, you grieve. Mm -hmm. um, and we grieve on the units. We, that's another piece that we provide for them because mm -hmm. we see that increase, that yeah. death increase and that exposure increase. We give the staff an opportunity to write their own condolences and write their own sympathy cards to the family. So those are put on the units mm -hmm. on top of, it's not, it's nice to get a card from management, but it's much more personal to have it done that it's way so and good. very help. helpful. For, yeah. for the, the staff who are grieving as well as the family. And, and I can definitely see that, and that that would help a lot, and it's great that you have it. But I think it's also a challenge when you get people later in the stages when they need more care. You really need a higher ratio of CCA assistance to residents, don't you? Well, yes. It's true. Yes, we. I would say if we looked at our ratio from 10, 15 years ago, it's mm. the same ratio. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, we have a, a province that is, is now looking into some of the challenges mm. in long-term care, and I do think that there are some fabulous things that are happening. Um, one of those things I'm hoping will be the compensation piece and the ratios mm. um, so that they're, they're I guess looking at it, if mm. everybody in your facility is close to palliative or close to um, end of life, then that means that your ratio changes a little bit. So it's not the okay. same for everybody. So that sounds like a good initiative. Now let's talk a little bit about home care because many people don't know that continuing care assistance also can provide home care and that has its own unique challenges and both your ladies have worked in that area and know it very well. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, in my past career as managing uh, a home care agency, there is some challenges and it's you need to work alone. Mm -hmm. So you are actually in charge of your day. So you go in, you don't have the support um, that you would have in a long-term care facility. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, working as a CCA in home care is very valuable because they get the opportunity to support not only the person that they're taking care of, but they support the husbands, they support the wives, the spouses, partners. And uh, you need to be able to know how to work alone mm. and you need to know when to reach out and you don't have your supervisor that's next to you. But there's a different type of person mm. that can do that. And I remember my, I call her my Canadian mom that I yes. looked after the lady. In the beginning, she got home care and she was more or less by herself. Nobody really was looking after her, but myself and, and, and the niece of hers a little bit. And the CCAs that came every day was her main contact. They came twice a day, did personal care, helped her with the meals, and, and it was wonderful. And she really enjoyed talking to those nice ladies and men and, and it was wonderful. So it, it is a rewarding job 
on that side because you know you're doing an essential service. And, and it's a special, um, mm -hmm. I think that because you're doing one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. versus being in a unit mm -hmm. uh, where you could have a multitude, your eyeballs are looking every which way and you could have, yes. you know, eight people that you're mm -hmm. monitoring. It's, it, it is, um, even more intimate and mm -hmm. it is very special but there is that piece of you know sometimes that loneliness piece because you're empowered to make all those decisions yourself mm -hmm. only when you get to a place when you're troubled are you then calling for a supervisor to assist you with a decision but it is it it, it also is a very special calling mm -hmm. and it, it's you know something that is can sometimes be a little less demanding on the physical standpoint um, based on the clients because you are doing one-on-one. -on -one. So mm. they can put you with someone who's only looking for comfort care or meals or someone yeah. who's, yeah. Mm. And you get to see the whole family dynamics. Uh, you get to see the whole picture. And when you see how care. they are, and yes. then you help them prepare a meal, you learn what they actually yeah. can do themselves yes. and what they can. Yeah. And, it can be rewarding to mm -hmm. all sides. So it's another aspect of CCAs, I think, that we shouldn't forget because it's a very important part of the healthcare system to have people that are able to go out, do the work by themselves. And how do you teach them to ask for help when they need it? Well, that can be a difficult question. <laughs> and I'll try to answer it the best I can because um, you need to be able to identify within yourself when you need when you need help. Mm -hmm. And some people will I, I think that um, I had this conversation with uh, the person that I report to, and she did say to me, she said, "You know, it's really nice to hear when you ask for help." Mm -hmm. And that has stuck with me. And I think that since I've been told that, it's a good lesson that when you ask for help, it's always there for you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a challenge when you don't ask for help. Right. And so we try to teach them to reach out before things are triggering, before and you that start. That is important. And especially in the helping professions, many people hesitate. I yes. know it from my own career being a doctor. I always thought, physician, heal yourself. You don't ask for help. And I had to be suicidal before I had the courage to actually ask mm -hmm. for help. And it was the most difficult thing I ever done in my life. Got to recognize the triggers. Yes, go recognize we, the triggers yeah. and don't wait until you're burned out to ask for help because there's people there that love to help you even as if, if you need help as a helper. And, and, and that's like I want to try to tell you um, is that if you have a supervisor that you're mm. reporting to, mm -hmm. you know, at least let someone know that you're feeling uncomfortable, you're mm. not feeling just right. And if you can get that out of your mouth, that's the first step. Yes. And that's what we try to teach um, the students is to be aware of your yourself, be aware of your surroundings, and, and it's okay to let mm -hmm. someone know that you need help. Now, before we wrap up this show, please share how can potential students that are interested in this amazing opportunity to help people have personal growth and have a very satisfying career, how, how can they get in touch with you to become students? Well, Dr. Christine, I have an awesome answer for that. 
<laughs> I'm sure you I'm don't. here to tell you that CBBC <laughs> Career College at 45 Alderney Drive in Dartmouth, Suite 100, has an amazing website. And uh, you can go and Google us. You can do whatever you need to do to get uh, some information. But it's called getaccajob.com. It's kind of catchy, don't you think? It is very I catchy. Love it. Get I love it. CCA job. Get us. Dykeland Lodge. Dykeland Lodge. Just right. kidding. Just so kidding. by all means, get that job. Get a CCAjob.com. CCA mm. And that brings me to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, Cheryl and Krista, for being with me today and sharing the amazing profession of a CCA. I hope it encourages people to get in touch with you and get a CCA job. <laughs> <laughs> and if you by any means can forget that website, which I doubt you will, please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. My email here is christine at communityradio.ca, or you can contact me through my website, which is docchristine.com. And I'm always grateful for feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Ron Goyash and Cole Carew. You're the best, guys! <laughs> you might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station. And we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we're at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.